Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and it is the WNR 309. On today's show, the WNR will take stock on the last month of wrestling. And we have Raw, Smackdown as we get ready for Clash of Champions, NXT Update, the return of NXT UK, and a fallout of All Out on AEW Dynamite. So our wrestling roundup begins with Raw. And this week's show kicked off with a revelation by Tom or Todd Phillips that W would offer contracts to Retribution. This fuller group revealed itself to include Mia Yim, Mercedes Martinez, Dio Madden and Dominic Dijakovic and Shane Fawn. Retribution has some ominous words about continuing its chaotic invasion of W for the Hurt Business Interrupted. Bobby Lashley said his team was not afraid of a group of people hiding behind masks. This led to the emergence of more Retribution members and a beatdown of the United States champion MVP Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Now this was a really interesting way to start. Because there's been a lot of talk about Retribution these past couple of weeks. We've not really known quite a lot about them. But now, obviously, with them making their presence felt. I mean, the question is, why have they been offered contracts if they're causing so much destruction in WWE? There's been a lot, a lot of talk about the way Retribution has been handled and people aren't happy about it. And, of course, you know, Dominic Dijakovic may be looking a bit like a Bane ripoff. Uh, but, of course, they've been across all Twitter kind of destroying people, really, and going there and uh, having a go at people who are kind of mocking them at this moment in time. Is it the right thing? It's definitely different. But there's the hints for me, anyway, of the aces and eights. I know a lot of people are saying the Dark Order, but if you go back to the TNA days, this is kind of how it happened with the guys in a group of masks and then revealing themselves. I think what Retribution needs is a clear leader. Now, I like Dominic Dijakovic about that, but can he carry the group as a whole? I think the revelation of a leader coming down the line, I think, will definitely help. And uh, as for the Hurt Business, I mean, these are the team recently that have stepped up. You know, you talk about MVP, and this is a cool team as well. We've not really had many cool stables these past few years. But for MVP, of course, Bobby Lashley, the US Championship, Cedric Alexander joining them recently as well, alongside Shelton Benjamin. I think there's a lot of potential. And them stepping up and saying, look, we're doing this deal for us on Raw, rather than, you know, kind of being good guys, I think makes a lot of sense. And another thing about Retribution and, of course, the Hurt Business is it kind of made the show go along at a steady pace. You know, we talk about with Raw sometimes being three hours long. At least there was a continuing storyline going through it with this week's episode with the fact that Retribution were there kind of, you know, and interacting with the Hurt Business. With the amount of people, I don't think Retribution should have, you know, a dozen members. But all that, you know, like I said, with the emergence of a leader and maybe a couple other to kind of, you know, bulk it up a little bit, I think will make a little bit of sense. We then had the Triple Threat Tag Team Number 1 Contendership match uh, for the Street Profits Raw Tag Team titles. We thought that maybe uh, when they were feuding with uh, Nakamura and Cesaro recently that they would have put the tag team titles together. I think that makes more sense. I think if you look at the tag teams in WWE, they're not that strong at this moment in time. So maybe just one tag team and you can build with that. Of course, with the Usos uh, not being a team at this moment in time, we got onto that with SmackDown. And of course, with uh, the Authors of Pain uh, being released. And if you look around, there's not really that many tag teams. And again, we fought Andrade and Gaza are going for a split, but they became the new um, number one contendership, defeating Carrillo, Mysterio, Rollins and Murphy. It wasn't a bad match. I mean, Rollins uh, had better things to do, apparently leaving his disciple, and Andrade 
hit the back elbow on Murphy, followed by the wing clipper to get the victory. Of course, no Zelina Vega there, but she's got other people to worry about. Uh, Street Profits versus Gaza and Andrade has probably been one of the most used matches. I think the problem with Raw recently as well is the amount of matches, rematches that we are seeing. And uh, that could be quite a a bit of a problem because you know you talk about oh we're building a story between these two guys arrival but it's not just repeat matches repeat matches and will the street profits really be in trouble uh come night of uh, sorry clash of champions we're gonna have a little clash of champions preview later and you can know my thoughts about that and a lot of people complaining that um carillo mysterio as a tag team but again the tag team division isn't that strong and you've got to keep dominic fresh with uh, Rey mysterio being injured at this moment in time we then had the Kevin Owens show with Shane McMahon. Uh, I love the interaction between Kevin Owens and Shane. Of course, their rivalry that they had for two years and Owens um, bringing that up. Owens is another one of these guys who deserves to be a main event talent. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's got the popularity. He's got the kind of character. You know, dating back to when he was a prize fighter to, to what he is now, you know, using the stunner, having that kind of crowd reaction behind him. They just never really come through uh, with Owens at this moment. But, you know, he's got his feud with Alistair Black. That has kind of gone a little bit sideways at this moment in time just because of continuation purposes. Raw Underground, Black and Owens fought, of course, last week. And um, Dabba Kate getting involved. But the thing is, is that Black didn't have his eye patch. And, of course, he he arrives this week attacking Owens from behind uh, with an eye patch. And you're just kind of thinking, what's going on there? Uh, Shane McMahon introduced Dabba Kata out. And Owens slapping him across the face until Braun came down. Of course, the commentator's telling us that uh, anybody can appear on Raw Underground. That's why Braun has done it for him. We'll set up the match later between Dabba Kata and Braun Strowman. And we're continuing the food being Owens and Black and... You know, if someone said to me a couple of years ago, Kevin Owens and Alistair Black having a feud, I would have been really into it. But I feel this time round, it just seems a little bit strange uh, the way they're going about, and hopefully they can sort it out and actually have uh, a proper match set up. It's not going to happen at Clash of Champions, but maybe somewhere down the road. We then get Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre in a rematch, and again, you know, Keith Lee's coming up to the main roster, and we're going to see how you know he's been treated since then. But the match with McIntyre, of course, these two guys have quite a bit of chemistry, as we've seen, because, you know, with the with talent involved, it's it's hard not to. You know, McIntyre's been killing it as W champion. Of course, Keith Lee, the uh, one of the last NXT champions that we've had coming up on the main roster. And uh, this wasn't a bad match at all. You know, Keith Lee was telling the story of McIntyre with his friend. He didn't really want to hurt him, but for an opportunity, it uh, kind of made a bit of sense. And uh, these two, like I said, the closing segment was quite good with... Keith Lee looking for his spirit bomb, McIntyre managing to reverse it, going for the Claymore kick, looking to have victory, and then Randy Orton shows up with the steel chair and attacks McIntyre. And of course, McIntyre still selling that broken jaw from a few weeks ago as well. And then Andy Orton getting the microphone and basically saying to McIntyre that his reign is coming to an end in an ambulance match. We'll then get number one contendership match, Mickey James versus Zelina Vega. And Vega, of course, confronting Oscar uh, on Raw a couple of weeks ago. And, of course, Mickey James and Oscar having a great match until it was ruined by the kind of botch finish. We weren't really sure what happened. People thought Mickey James uh, had a separated shoulder. Referee called it a bit too soon. Zelina Vega wasn't a bad match between the two. She um, recovered from near fall and delivered a backstabber for the hard-fought victory. Um, again, 
Would I rather see Mickey James versus Oscar at this point in time, especially the way the finish was last week? Maybe so, but Selena Vega has got a breakout. This could be a huge night at Clash of Champions, and if she was somehow to beat Oscar and, of course, Andrade and Gaza to win the tag team titles would be very interesting. Hurt Business came out again. Of course, they've been having backstage segments with Retribution throughout the night, and uh, Apollo Crews faced Cedric Alexander, and, of course, Crews was the man who was uh, beaten down by Cedric and co. just a few weeks ago and lost the United States Championship. Of course, Ricochet accompanied Cruz out there and caused a little bit of a distraction for Cruz to roll up Alexander for the win. Hurt business, though, afterwards brutalised Cruz and Ricochet as they sent a message to Retribution and then Lashley added injury to injury, applying the hurt lock to Cruz ahead of the match at Clash of Champions. We then had the worst bit of Monday Night Raw with Steph, Seth Rollins. Uh, basically, I mean... This is a rehash of old storylines. He invites Irina, who revealed that a DNA test to prove that Ray is not the father of daughter Alaya. So instead of Dominic not being the father, as it was with the feud with Eddie Guerrero, as we mentioned uh, when they faced each other at SummerSlam all those years ago, this is happening again now. Um, the mum Angie and Alaya walked off in disgust and confusion, followed by Dominic and Ray. Ron has left Flash in a brief grin as his plan came to fruition. Is it too soon for us to have a, an opinion on this? I don't think it is. I just think it's a retread of a storyline. And I'm getting bored of it now. I think with the Dominic and the, the Rollins storyline should have ended maybe at SummerSlam, if not soon after. And they're carrying it on now. And if they carry it on until Rey Mysterio has recovered, then boy, this is going to go until the end of the year. We had Lana and Natalia versus Nia Jax and Shania Blasler, of course, with... Um, Ruby Wright and Liv Morgan on. This is a one-sided squash. And it was Baz's Kurafudi clutch that got the victory. We then had Oscar versus Peyton, Ross and Peyton Royce. And of course, Royce has split with Billy Kay with the Iconics recent. And uh, she's been getting a lot of uh, praise backstage for her work. And uh, she might be one of the breakout stars coming up soon. She looked really good in this one. Uh, but Oscar... Uh, again, she's one of those that is just so comfortable. The WWE maybe sometimes doesn't use her to the best of her abilities, but guarantee that she can put in a performance. And Vega interrupted for the disqualification and uh, basically was trying to build some heat for their match at Clash of Champions. We then had Raw Underground as well. We had a few matches with Dolph Ziggler getting involved. And of course then Braun Strowman versus Dabakata. Too bad, you know, Raw Underground. It, it sank a little bit different. Uh, I was a bit surprised that Kata got destroyed maybe as easily as he did with Braun putting away with a couple of big right hands and then finishing it with strikes could they maybe done something a little bit better or are they trying to um, save Braun Strowman's heat I think it's the latter at the moment Braun's obviously the bigger star and after his loss at SummerSlam and what happened at I think they've just got to try and rebuild the character and then the main event Retribution versus the Hurt Business my god right so Retribution Slapjack T-Bar and Mace battled the Hurt Business in the main event. Again, this wasn't a bad match because they've been building towards it. It ended in a DQ. Um, and a DQ on Raw, does that really make sense? I'm not sure. If Drew McIntyre rushed to the ring with a Raw roster making a save and clearing the ring. You see, and this is the interesting part. This is what you want to see Retribution saying. They want to take out the Raw roster. And finally, the Raw roster stepping up and fighting Retribution. I think it makes a bit of sense as we see, uh, and it's a bit of chaos, and I think, you know, that can be exciting, as long as you've got sides, but the heels need to be as strong as the faces, and we've seen this before with teams like the Nexus, 
just you know being treated like jobbers let's hope that doesn't happen but that wasn't it because as we looked like it was all going to be about retribution and the hurt business randy orton comes out and hits the rko on mcintyre out of nowhere so they're building up to clash of champions a lot of people didn't like the show but i didn't mind it to be fair i think raw you know obviously it's not hitting its stride as of late but building towards the pay-per-view you've got the retribution hurt business storyline going on we know about orton and mcintyre they built up vega and oscar a little bit of course the tag team titles as well i think it was an interesting show i can see why people disliked it uh, but again, I can see why people liked it, you know, and I think sometimes you've got to look at the, the positives and the negatives and, and try and go like that. And we, we talked about as well with the points, um, we we talked about the names as well, T-Bar, Mace and Slapjack. You know, Mace is better known as Dio Madden, uh, as we've seen in uh, Raw, he was part of the Comptry team as well. Of course, Brock Lesnar took him out uh, a few months back. T-Bar is superstar Dominic Dijakovic, who's doing the most uh, of the talking as well. And Slapjack is, of course, Shane Fawn as well. Um, interesting names, interesting characters. Can they build of it? There's talk that they're going to go towards Survivor Series. With, uh, I think at this moment in time, we've just got to kind of accept what's really there. Um, as for Raw itself, we talk about Keith Lee being used on the main roster. Apparently, he's going to be used as a main event star, even though they have no plans for him. I think this is the biggest problem when it comes to call-ups from NXT where they just have a plan for him. It's all when a good call them up to have him on the roster, but then they have no idea what to do. And we've seen it so many times. That's so how Keith Lee doesn't get lost in the shuffle. I'm really digging Hurt Business at this moment in time. Uh, Retribution, we talk about uh, T-Bar, Mace and Slapjack. We've also got two other names as well now. WWE file for trademarks for five names. T-Bar, Slapjack, Mace, Retaliation and Reckoning. It looks like me and um, Mercedes Martinez. So here we go. We'll move on to SmackDown. And it opened with uh, AJ Styles coming out for what commentator Michael Cole called the Intercontinental Championship Ascension Ceremony. Corey Graves was in the ring to give us a rundown of what we expect from Sunday's ladder match. Harley Styles was saying all had something to say about the situation. Situation. And it turned into a match. It was very strange that they gave us uh, the triple threat match before the pay-per-view. Usually it happens to SmackDown. Is it a sign of things to come? Who will win? Sami Zayn picking up the victory. Uh, does that mean now that he won't win at Clash of Champions? I think it's, it's, it's an interesting theory in itself. As for Jeff Hardy and, and AJ Styles, I think with the talent involved, maybe I was expecting a bit bit of a better triple threat match. But I think with AJ recently, yes, he puts in great performances, but maybe not as many as he used to. I know a lot of people might disagree with that. Sami Zayn, again, I don't think he's the same wrestler, maybe due to injuries as T. And I think with Jeff Hardy as well, we talk about the age catching up. I still think these three can put on a hell of a show at Clash, but it was a bit weird that they gave it away on SmackDown the week before. I mean, don't get me wrong, it, it lasted maybe the first three segments on SmackDown, and I think it was, you know, a fun way of doing it, but again, a bit strange with the pay-per-view so close. We get a quick backstage encounter involving the Miz, John Morrison, Heavy Machinery. This, again, story that I'm really not into at this moment in time. I think the whole thing with Otis winning the contract and the negative reaction, I think WWE have panicked now and they've got a briefcase on something they just don't want it on and turn it into a comedy storyline with the Miz and Morrison. The Miz and Morrison are much better than this. And again, we talk about tag team division. They should be building towards the tag team division, but instead it's just kind of silly storylines that are not really being taken seriously. 
William had Bailey coming out and sitting on stage for a promo. She called Sasha Banks a crybaby for talking about Nikki Cross. Now, this is something that we have not featured. Uh, the whole Sasha Banks, Bailey storyline has exploded. It goes back three weeks to SmackDown when both women were in tag team action looking to be working on the same page. Fortunately, Banks lost due to a knee injury. Um, much like Ala Owen Hart, Ala Owen Hart and Bret Hart, Back in the day, with Owen snapping on Brett for the knee injury, we saw it again. And Bailey was vicious, sending Banks into the still stairs, into the ring post, and taking her out. Banks showed up again on SmackDown to say that she was still going to fight, even though she was in the net brace. And Bailey took her out one more time. Now Bailey has moved on to Nikki Cross, and hopefully we can build up with Banks and Bailey down the road. And of course, that's the kind of what we're going to feature now. And of course, Bailey using all the confidence, having all the confidence in the world. I mean, she is the main heel, uh, of course, in the women's division, maybe the main star in the women's division at this moment in time, and saying that she's going to hurt Nikki Cross and maybe do the same to her as she did with Sasha Banks with a steel chair. And Bailey is dead serious at the moment, and it is definitely money. We then had an unforgettable match, well, forgettable match even, which was Grand Metallic versus Shinzuki Nakamura. And they're going to break up Lucha House Party. And we've seen it recently with Kalisto uh, fighting with um, Grand Metallic. And of course, Lynch Dorado, which is a little bit disappointing because maybe this, this team hasn't reached the full potential. Maybe they see another way of doing it in WWE. It's a little bit disappointing, a bit like this match as well. Nakamura hitting a brutal run of knee and reverse explode before finishing off with the Kinshasa for the pin. And Kalisto refused to help Dorado Metallic and has been attacked after the match. And it saw Dorado shove him to the mat. And like we said, the breakup is coming soon. We then get a video about of the Anoa'i family and the Samoan heritage. And it is fact that Roman and the Usos were as close as anything growing up. Let's not forget Rikishi is the dad of the Usos, of course, Roman Reigns being involved in that as well. And uh, I think it's a great story when you kind of talk about this family build. It's something that has not been reached on, and uh, they're trying to do it here, and I think it does make all the sense in the world. And Jay's come to the ring and questioned the Tribal's chief intense look at him last week, as he seems more like an enemy than family. And obviously we've just seen that cracking video. Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman were seen watching Jay throwing from the back with a Latin assistant. The big dog would talk when he's ready. And I mean, Jay had a chance to knock it out of the park. And there's no doubt he definitely did on SmackDown. Up next, a feud that no one knows they wanted. And I don't think anybody needs. King Corbin versus Matt Riddle, bro. Now, Matt Riddle's come up with a big hoo-ha on the main roster. And maybe due to allegations against him. And maybe just about the character himself. Has kind of found himself in mid-card obscurity. Is that where he deserves I think at the moment he does, especially with the character that he is, and mixing it with someone like King Corbin. A bit of a surprise, like a bad match, but when we thought that LeBro had it won, the King Corbin with deep six and counter Springfield with a stiff right hand, Bro managed to avoid the end of days for climbing up for the floating Bro. Corbin got his knees up to block it and hit end of days for the win. So Baron Corbin gets his first victory in 2020, is what it seems like, over Matt Riddle, and this feud will continue now. Uh, Corbin, I think, is one of the most consistent performers on SmackDown, even though I know a lot of people don't like him. And I think the end of the day, protected ones in WWE. As for Matt Riddle, 
I think we might need to see a bit of a character change because he is very unlikable. And I've said that for a very long time. There's no doubt he can deliver in the ring, but we need to see something a little bit different from him. And again, we see the mysterious woman, the vignettes that we've got. And of course, a lot of talk that it's going to be Carmella. Uh, but again, a lot of people not happy about it. But again, it's something different, isn't it? So let's let's see how it plays out first. A plan before we completely, you know, have a go at it. Well, we then had Lacey Evans versus Alexa Bliss. And the pair were waiting for the minutes for Wyatt's sinister laugh echoed through the Thunderdome as we cut to an ad break. Bliss then started to build momentum before the Fiend's red light covered the arena and part of Bray's music blared out. Alexa went into a trance and lost it, destroying the sassy Southern Belle until she got disqualified. But the beatdown continues as she hit Sister Abigail on the floor. And the look of Bliss, the changing character, we do want a Harley Quinn to the Fiend's Joker and I think hopefully we'll get that even the, the hairstyle and the look it's, it's starting to be all different there is, there is something happening with Alexa Bliss and I think it's a really well told storyline at the moment and even more interesting as the crazy Alexa Bliss is walking up the entranceway Roman Reigns came out and of course we know Bliss has got affiliation with the Fiend it seems and even the look on Bliss's face, as is the kind of look of hate, you wonder how that is going to play out as well. You know, there are little nuances on SmackDown, and maybe don't get credit. I mean, luckily, Dub and I do live tweet a lot of SmackDowns, and as we've seen, this is another storyline. We talk about Roman Reigns' heel turn, we talk about his new character, we talk about what's happening with Alexa Bliss, and of course, The Fiend in the background as well, and I think it is a well-told storyline. And now in the ring, Heyman went to cut off by Jay's music before the big dog delivered a money promo saying he'd give him the title if he could, but his cousin wouldn't know what to do with it. The weight of being a champion or the pressure of being the face of the company. He said Uso is one half of the greatest tag teams ever, but he's not heard of the family that everyone depends on. He's not the head of it. That's Roman Reigns. Roman got halfway up the ramp before Uso asked what if he's wrong and that he's sick of living in his cousin's shadow and with people knowing... Not knowing if he's Jimmy or he delivered a pay-per-view selling promo full of real emotion and intensity. But Reigns just walked away. As Jay left, the champ appeared out of nowhere with a Superman punch and screamed in his cousin's face that he'll never take the title from him. So a great way to end SmackDown. A lot of people are complaining about the end of Raw. There is no way they were moaning about the end of SmackDown. Jay brought it. He looked like a main event player on this show. And to say that when this storyline started a month ago is the Roman Reigns with association with, with Brock Lesnar has worked yes there's no explanation as to why they're together Heyman of course saying Reigns saved his career but why has Roman gone to the dark side for and managing to turn against his family will we see a complete turn against his family or will we see the bloodline maybe turning hills with the Usos being involved in it again if it's asking more questions than giving you answers then it's working because you want to tune into the next programme to see what's going on. So that was Raw and SmackDown out the way. And of course, later on, we'll have our Clash of Champions preview. But right now, it's time for NXT update. We're going to catch up with all the NXT since TakeOver 30. But up first, we've got stories of arrivals. And Wade Barrett has got some good news. as He's now officially part of the weekly NXT broadcast team. Moving forward, Barrett will be part of every NXT TakeOver event. He's confirmed he's signed a one-year deal with WWE that includes an option to extend the partnership. 
He said, I hope this lasts for a long time. That's our intent. So there's no bad news to share. But never forget, there's always a little bit bad news up. My team of Vic Jones and Beth Phoenix after the departure of Mauro Ronaldo. Wade Barrett, or Stu Bennett as he was, was part of uh, World of Sport Wrestling in the UK and of WA in the United States. And I think that's great. Wade, Wade Barrett is back in WWE. He's one of those guys that should have been a WWE champion, I think, especially when you look at what happened with the Nexus. But was dropped down to mid-card and, of course, multiple times in the Colonel Champion. Never got the opportunity. Is there a chance for him to make a comeback in WWE? Well, at least he's signed now on commentary, which I think is a great sign. Does he want to wrestle? I think that is a question about the moment. He seems comfortable. All right, so we start our NXT update with the 26th of August. And Karen Cross falls to relinquish the NXT title. And, of course, we covered this on the WNR before. Breezango defeating Imperium to become the new tag team champions. Tomasa Champa returning to defeat Jack Atlas. Shotzi Blackheart defeats Mia Yim. And William Regal announcing Finn Balor versus Chumphole versus Garno for Super Tuesday. Cruiserweight champion Santo Escobar defeated Isaiah Swerve, thanks to the mask. Kyle O'Reilly defeats Drake Maverick. And Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez defeating women's champion Ia Shai and Rhea Ripley. The 2nd of September, Isaiah Swerve Scott and Brizango versus Legado del Fantasma in a six-man tag team street fight. Starts our action off here on the WNR Podcast. And straight away, this match has started and Legado del Fantasma saving White Queen Wild over the top to take... Um, out, Breezango and Swerve. And already this fight has broken down all six men. You can see trash cans and tables. And Wilder Mendoza making short work of Tyler Breeze and Scott at the moment in time. And Mendoza's got a chair set up in the ring. And he's going to try and put Scott through it. And Mendoza stopped himself, but Swerve with a drop kick. Mendoza went head first. And what a crazy chaotic way to start NXT. Escobar's got the ladder. And we see Wild in there. With Breeze, and that is an innovative backbreaker. And Fandango sending Escobar into the ladder. Swerve with trash can to the back of Wild. Now Fandango's got the ladder. Take Wild with it. Mendoza comes in, gets caught. And Fandango, of course, winning the, the gold for the very first time alongside Tyler Breeze winning his first gold in WWE. And they want to make a huge impact here. And now it's Breeze and Mendoza in the middle of the ring. And Fandango's going to help his tag team partner out. Oh, slingshot to Breeze. Right into the tallywhacker of Mendoza. And now trash can throw. Mendoza's going to call Swerve with a dropkick. Swerve going for the cover, but no, only getting the two. Now the cruiserweight champion, Escobar, comes in but gets caught by Swerve. A huge knee by Scott. And now Fandango underneath the ring with a fire extinguisher. And Legada del Fantasma all lined up. And Breeze putting them all out. And we've gone to that break. We've come back. And during commercial, we see a triple... Triple drop kick on the trash can to Breeze. Fandango put through a table. And now Escobar again, but Swerve managing to dodge it. Now he's fighting two men at once. And what a great match this is as Swerve gets caught. Mendoza, nice force of momentum himself. But a flat liner by Swerve. I'm about to say he's left in the ring with a champ, but he's not interested in him at the moment. Goes on the apron to take out Mendoza. Might offer the opportunity though for Escobar. And I've been really impressed with uh, Santos Escobar recently, of course, losing the mask. And taking up a level. And now he sees Swerve in a predicament. He's going to go flying. Suicide dive. Talk about a huge missile onto Swerve. And now you've got Men and Wild just beating up Breeze on the outside. Oh, and here come Imperium. And Imperium taking out Tyler Breeze. Barthel, Eichner. Looking at Mendoza and Wild. 
Don't mind this. And now it's a 4-1 beating. And Legale del Fantasma bossing in Premier Round. Saying throw Breeze in. And now it's 5-1. Breeze has got nowhere to go at this moment in time. Wait a minute. Look on the stop. Look on top. Swerve and Fandango. Oh my god. Just dived off. Must be about 15 feet in the air. Taking out the five men. Clearing the ring now. Breeze is back to his feet. And Fandango and Breeze now. Going off the top. Fandango takes out Imperium. Breeze takes out Legale and Fantasma. And at least Swerve and Escobar in the ring. Escobar realising he's got nowhere to go. What a finishing move by Swerve. Taking out the Cruiserweight champion Escobar. What a way to kick off NXT there. Six man tag team action. Mental stuff. I think challenging, challenging their inner AEW it seemed there. With a cracking six-man tag team match that went all out. We see Swerve go back on the fork truck, celebrating. And a great way to start NXT. And Swerve will be next in line for the Cruiserweight Championship with a victory over the champion. But we move on. And up next, Candice LeRae defeated Casey Cantazaro. Timothy Thatcher defeated Bronson Reed. Tomasa Ciampa versus Adam Cole versus Johnny Garno versus Finn Balor. In a 60-minute four-way iron match for the NXT Championship. Ends in a tie between Cole and Balor. And then we move on to the 9th of September. Where we had the Velveteen Dream defeating Ashante The Adonis. Kushida returns attacking the Velveteen Dream. Bronson Reed defeats Austin Theory. Roger Strong defeating Killian Dane. Rayleigh defeating Mercedes Martinez in a steel cage match. Which is a fantastic steel cage match as well. The Riptide off the turnbuckle through a table. Both women definitely brawl it the main event. But the true main event, maybe, was to find out who would be the new NXT champion. Would it be Finn Balor or Adam Cole? We're just about to find out. Finn Balor calls 5'11", 190 pounds from Bray County, Wicklow in Ireland. He is the first ever undisputed Universal WWE champion, even. And, of course, the former NXT champion in his own right. Will it be Balor's time here tonight? He's got a face Adam Cole, six foot two hundred and ten pounds from Panama City, Florida. He is the NXT Triple Crown Champion and the longest reigning NXT Champion in history. This should be some matchup. And after the instructions, and both men just filling the other one out in the early going, and it has been very even in the early going. Neither man really getting control at this moment in time. Maybe Balor on top just slightly. Balor taking Cole Bain in the corner now. Stumbling Mudhole walking it dry. A nice drop kick by Balor. Can't keep Cole down. And now Balor just with the shoulders in the corner. Has taken control of this matchup. And that is Balor's game plan. Just taking the breath out of the longest reign NXT champion. And now Balor with the Irish whip across. And Cole just walks right into the chop. And Balor with the Irish whip and the chop. But Cole responds this time. Cole's got to find himself a way back into this matchup. He hits the forearms for Finn. Irish whip. Cole lowers his head low right into Balor, but Cole responds with a clothesline. Balor bounces up, taken down again. Now a pump kick. Cole may be going for the German, but Balor managing to block it. Knife step up in security by Cole, and now a backstabber. Can't put Balor away, though. And I mean, the question is, what has Finn Balor done in NXT since coming down? Is this the opportunity from now to kind of go forward and say, yes, I deserve to be NXT champion, that's what I'm all about? bit of star power. Has NXT kind of lacked that recently? 
I think maybe a little bit, you know, when you talk about the kind of, is it been exciting as it has been? Are they kind of going to the well once too often? No offence to Adam Cole and Finn Balor, Champa and Gagano, but have we seen these guys too long? Do these ones need to go up to the main roster to kind of breathe new life into it? Are there stars there? We saw what happened with Karrion Cross with the injury and caused Keith Lee being moved up. And is it a case of NXT going, right, let's just go with who we know rather than anything else at this moment in time? A fantastic exchange there. Balor trying to go for the sling blade. Oh, with a huge kick to the face, taking Balor out. And you can see the scars of war for both men. Balor, his chest seems to be ripping the red mark on the back as well. And now Cole, Coonity, is taking the knee brace off and he's going to look for the last shot. No, Balor managed to turn it into a foot stomp to the chest. And Balor just bringing it with new aggression to Cole, sending it to the outside and then just the stomps down. Well, Balor could win by count, but he doesn't really want to as he sends Cole into the timekeeper's table. And Balor now. Look at take his shot. Nice super kick by Cole. And both men down on the outside. We're going to another advert. And we're back in. Looks like Cole might be going for the Panama City Sunrise, but Balor managed to reverse with a kick to the face. And now is he in position for Balor to go up? And is Balor going to go for it? Coup de gras. No, Cole moved out of the way. Super kick to the knee into a beautiful figure four Balor in serious trouble you can see the markings I don't know if Balor's going to tap out here with a submission in and Cole just lets go of the submission after a while and Balor gets to the ropes he doesn't want to be disqualified not become champion that way and now Cole going to go for another super kick on Balor no Bling blade one leg and all and again now takes him down Cole to his credit nearly up to his feet before Balor is low Balor with a huge drop kick sending Cole into the turnbuckle and now this might be the opportunity for Balor to go up. And on one leg and all, the Prince going up. To try and reclaim his crap. Coup de gras. But the leg injured. Balor going into the cover. One, two, no. Cole managing to kick out. And apparently the commentators say no one's ever kicked out of it before. Well, you can see with the damage, maybe he didn't get it all. As Cole's now dead weight. Balor trying to pick him up for the 1916. But reversing it into the figure four. And the referee counted Balor's shoulders down. He has to get the shoulder up, but he's still in pain with the knee. And Cole shouting at Balor to tap out. Balor managing to turn it, but still caught in submission. And Cole now going again for the figure four, but Balor rolls him up. Two, no. Cole managed to get out of it. Super kick to Balor. And Balor just crumples to the mat. I think Adam Cole now realising it's an opportunity. Going to go for the last shot. Hits it. We've got a new champion here. Cole to cover. One. Two, no. Both men kicking out of the other's finishes. Cole is aghast. He can't believe it didn't put Balor down. And now Cole looking for that turnbuckle. Going to go up maybe for the Panama City Sunrise. It's been a hell of a war, but now Balor positioned. No. Balor caught Cole on his shoulders. Went for the 1916, but Cole realising. But he's still got Cole. Hits him, but that knee is really bad. And Finn desperate to try and get up and hit that coup de gras again. But Cole up with a super kick. And Cole going up in the apron. This is not a good position. And it's Balor with the elbows now fighting Cole. Oh my god, both men on the top. Cole's got him now. 1916. Off the top. Balor into the cover. One, two, three. We have a new NXT champion. And that man's name is Finn Balor. Beating Cole here in a fantastic effort. Maybe not a match of the year candidate. But a great told story with Balor having to fight through the pain with the knee and Adam Cole coming up short. You've got to think maybe this is Adam Cole's 
one of his last appearances in NXT because he needs to go up to the main roster soon. But with Balor, he has just become the man in NXT. Your new NXT champion, Finn Balor, and a great match and a great way to start NXT. And of course, we've already done result for the rest of the night. So we move on to the 16th of September. Io Shirai defeating Shotzi Blackheart. Tomasa Chumper defeating Desmond Troy. Kushida defeating Austin Theory. Breeze Zanga, Fandango, Tyler Breeze defeating Imperium to retain their NXT Tag Team Championship. Caden Carter and Casey Kanzai defeating Jesse Kamara and Zia Lee. Drake Maverick and Killian Devane defeating the Unsputed Era. And Damian Priest defeated Timmy Thatcher to retain the North American Championship. And the latest episode, 23rd of September's NXT. We get onto that right now. And we start off with Battle Royal. And as soon as the bell rang, all the women in the ring began fighting. There was sort of an organised chaos early on as Ray Ripley scored the first elimination. Many women in the ring were lesser known performance centre recruits. So they provided some easy eliminations for the more established stars. Ripley and Gonzalez dominated the competition and threw several women over the top rope. Every time one of them would get an elimination, the other one would even the score. Casey Kansai avoided elimination with a unique save just as the show went to a break. She saved herself a few more times using a ninja skill set. Ripley and Gonzalez eliminated each other and brought into a group of officials forced them to break up. This left the Ray, Shotzi Blackheart, Indy Hartwell, Dakota Kai and Kansai. Hartwell was first to go and Kansai soon followed. Kay and the Ray worked as a team against Blackheart until the Greenhead Grappler took out Captain Kota. The Poison Pixie was able to eliminate Blackheart to get the win and earn a shot at TakeOver. The second half was much better than the first. And this allowed several superstars to have the time in the spotlight. Ray was the right choice to win this one. She was able to have an incredible match against Shiai. Up next we had Jake Atlas versus Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa countered the Cartwell DDT with a kick and hit Willow's bell. Instead of making the cover, he taunted Atlas and told for hitting the fairy tale ending for the win. Ciampa is building up to be a big bad heel again. And we get Roger Strong and Danny Birch versus Fabian Eichner and Raul Mendoza. Fandango pitched an idea to general manager Brendan Regal to have the mini-tournament determine a new set of normal contenders for the tag team titles. This led to a unique matchup with the winners' teams facing off next week for the shot. We returned to break the Eichner hitting a huge suplex to Danny Burch. Strong got the hot tag, came in like a Tasmanian devil with a series of kicks and slams to both opponents. Strong and Burch were able to get the win, which means Burch and only Lorcan will battle the Undisputed Era, seeing which team gets to face Breezango for the titles. Please, please, please. Give Danny Birch and Only Lorkin a shot at the gold. We get Damien Priest versus Austin Theory. They took the fight out of the ring. And Priest planted Theory on the apron with Razor's Edge for hitting the reckoning for the win. Gagana hit a super kick out of nowhere as Priest was celebrating his victory. And made official for TakeOver 31. This is Damien Priest for the North American Championship. We already know, thanks to what happened earlier, Kansas Array will be facing Neo Shiite for the Women's Championship. Up next, Ridge Holland versus Antonio DeLuca. This was a squash, which Ridge Holland uh, got the victory pretty easy. And then we had the gauntlet eliminator match. And Kushida and Riley began the match anyway to be eliminated in this one. was pinfall or submissions. And Riley and Kushida had a very technical exchange early on. They came to a stalemate and rest fully right back to the map with submissions and reversals. Once they got back to the feet, they started throwing hands. This is when Bronson Reed made his way to the ring as the next entrance. O'Reilly and Kushida... Looked at each other on the side to go after the big man, but it was a futile effort. The thick boy took them down easy. Kushida nailed him in the head with a few kicks before he turned his attention back to O'Reilly. The Velting Dream came out of nowhere to hit Kushida with a Dream Valley driver to get Reed a chance to hit his finisher. Then eliminate Kushida from the match right before Thatcher came out. All three members still in the ring when Grimes came out as a final competitor. 
We saw every combination of opponents fight each other over the next few minutes. It took a long time for O'Reilly was able to eliminate Reed. He took out Thatcher to bring it down to just him and Grimes. The technical savage thought he'd won it with a cave-in, but Riley kicked out. O'Reilly was able to apply a leg lock to get the submission victory and earn a shot at Balor's title. Now, Kyle O'Reilly, a lot of people might say, why has he won this one? But he has been one of the best talents on NXT. One of the most consistent guys as well and entertaining. You can see there's a personality to burst out uh, out of the shadow of the Undisputed Era. I do hope the Undisputed Era go for the main roster as one, but it's great Kyle O'Reilly can get a chance and this should be a great match between him and Balor. I mean, NXT maybe hasn't been the most exciting of shows these past you know month or so and the takeover coming up so soon after another one. It seems a little bit, I don't want to say desperate, but they need to kind of build momentum a little bit and having these two matches is on kind of gives you the takeover but what it's missing is back in the day with NXT was just an app and you had you know your three months towards the next takeover you could build your storylines and focus one episode on that rather than trying to throw everything at it and I think that's what's kind of affecting NXT at this moment in time we need proper storylines to who wants to challenge Finn Balor next the same with Damian Priest as well as North American champion takeover should be very interesting of course we'll bring it to you here on the WNR But that wasn't the only NXT this week because, luckily for us, NXT UK has returned and it's presented from the BT Sports Studio in London. And, of course, this was the 17th of September. Since Scalo opened the show and was immediately interrupted by Ear Druganoff, who felt like he's been caged and wants to fight. Noam Dar came out to talk some trash and got himself a match for later. Gallus defeated Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams by pinfall to retain the NXT UK Championships. Saxon Huxley had a brief vignette about how to fight Walter next week. Kaylee Ray cut a promo on a title match next week against Piper Niven, who came out to speak her mind too. But how many times she's beaten Kaylee Ray in the past? Nimble's fault, but Kaylee Ray retreated, and then I for Valkyrie defeated Isla Dawn by pinfall. Next week, Pete Dunn will draw the matches for the NXT UK Heritage Cup, and in the main event, Ian Druganoff defeated Noam Dahl by pinfall. Of course, before NXT UK was stopped, we were building up to two big matches, Piper Niven and Kaylee Ray, which we're getting, and of course, Ian Druganoff versus Volta for the NXT UK Championship. So we go to the September 24th for the rebooted uh, NXT UK brand, of course, from the BT TV studio. Our first match is Volta versus Saxon Huxley. Walter pops Huxley up on the turnbuckle before landing a sweet butt fire suplex to bring both men crashing down. A huge chop to the back of the neck of Huxley leads to a powerbomb and mercifully the end of the match. Huxley is understandably laid out in the ring strong, showing from the NXT UK champion. From one champ to another, we see Kay pacing around backstage. She looks ready. Make a name for yourself. Now we're back in the ring with Sid Scallon and the competitors for the Heritage Cup. Well, seven of them anyway. Here comes Pete Dunn. Trent Seven claps for Dunn while Flash Morgan Webster gives his helmet a bit of a slap. You know, his scooter helmet. The Heritage Cup is for those who paved the way, says Dunn. Invokes some legendary names of British wrestling challenging the seven men to make a name for themselves. The first draw sees Joseph Collins taking on Dave Mastiff. Next, the wildcard end at seven. He shakes hands with no one. Next, Flash Morgan Webster will face A-Kid. That'll be a high-flying match right there. They shake hands. Process of elimination. That leaves Noam Dar to face Alexander Wolf. Dar takes a cheap shot at Wolf, but Dunn grabs his arm and gives him a finger break for his trouble for dumping him out of the ring. This is the same Pete Dunn that took a cheap shot of his own in this tournament not so long ago. Our Pete has all grown up. This is a brilliant moment as well, showing how tough Pete Dunn could actually be. And that's the match sorted out for the Heritage Cup. Piper is showing warming up backstage, and then we get the Hunt versus Pretty Deadly. Exactly who is pretty and who is deadly is yet to be determined. Wild Born Primer are out. The tag team will hunt. 
pretty deadly have the basics of tag team wrestling down. They're keeping their opponent in the corner, making frequent tags. It's good stuff. Hot tag and Primate is on fire, baby. But pretty deadly turns things quickly after back and forth where Primate misses a wild charge outside the ring and the legal wild ball is rolled up from behind for the pretty deadly to win. We see Eddie Dennis grab a few words with Pretty Deadly on the way out. Someone's going to be their new manager. The Hunt aren't too happy bumping into Flash and Mark Andrews backstage. Down the corner, Scarlett's chatting with Pete Dunn. It's agreed that Dunn is going to be the special guest referee for Wolf versus Dunn next, Dar next week. I'll ref it, said the obviously soon-to-be turning heel Pete Dunn. We'll also find out there's a triple threat wildcard match with the winner taking the eighth spot. And that is nice. Uh, I don't think Dar will join Imperium, even though some people think that that's the way to go. It's a shame he's not in NXT at the moment, but maybe this is a blessing in disguise for NXT UK. And speaking of NXT UK, the Women's Championship headlines this episode, and it's Kaylee Ray versus Piper Niven. We've just had all the introductions, so here we go. It's been a long time since we saw some action in NXT UK, and what better way than the women to lead the way? Anybody in the UK as well doesn't know the BT Studios, you know, they have built this. They do have their own shows there. And it is a great arrangement when you think about it. I mean, just imagine NXT uh, UK trying to be in the Soccer Saturday room. It wouldn't work. But this is kind of, doesn't really make a difference. Of course, you've got no fans. But the setting is, is quite good. And let's see what they can do. There is no word yet on a takeover. Interestingly enough, talk about um, WWE Raw was meant to come in, of course, April, May, postponed to October. That has now been postponed till May 2021. So will we actually get an NXT UK TakeOver or will we leave that till January? We're getting one of the matches that should have been at TakeOver. It depends when we see Volta versus uh, Dragunov. The original date for NXT Dublin was, of course, uh, August, which they moved, and then October. So we still haven't heard word of that yet. There's no doubt that these two women are the stars of the NXT UK when you talk about how strong the women's division is in NXT UK and of course NXT these two women could be on the main roster Kaylee Ray shocking the world early becoming a champion and now one of the longest reigning women's champions of course due to the break but Piper Niven is the biggest challenge she could face at this moment in time and each know each other so well as well as Kaylee Ray went for the Kimura and now the speed and power of Niven I said they know each other so well she knows what to do she's working the arm now there's no doubt Kaylee Ray is a veteran. Never now just managing to bait the submission. Kaylee Ray there hooking the leg. But Niven with the power and then a shoulder block. And another thing, it's, it's great that there's so many uh, English commentators at this moment in time. Of course, we've got Nigel, who's part of NXT UK, and then a Wade Barrett that has joined as well. It just shows you um, they definitely know what they're talking about. They're a good fit for it as Niven now with a hip toss just throwing Kaylee Ray across the ring. A huge headbutt by Niven taking Kaylee Ray down. Kaylee Ray trying to get the submission that Niven's got on her like a sleeper. But Niven showing how technical she is. Kaylee Ray rolled into trouble now. The arm is underneath the chin as Kaylee Ray trying to move it. And you think about the power of Niven as well. Now Kaylee Ray trying to get the submission by working on the leg of Niven. And has transitioned it really well. Both these women, both from Scotland, both shouting at each other. You can hear them. That's one thing with the crowds not being here. You can see the two women talking trash to each other. And they're just working the leg there by Kaylee Ray. And Niven now trying to fight Kaylee Ray off. And throws her to the outside. That's an offensive move, but it's about causing some separation there. Giving Piper Niven a chance to get some feeling back in that leg. But Niven realising that she has to beat the champion going outside. Put a bit of punishment on, but that's come back to her. And now she went to Irish at Kaylee Ray into the stairs. Reversed into a super kick. Now Kaylee Ray off that turnbuckle. 
Sorry, off the apron there with a DDT. It's right into the way for Vin Mats on the outside. And Niven gets sent into the still stairs. Back and head up against it. It's Kaylee Ray now. Maybe got an idea. Looking to take out Niven. Oh! Kaylee Ray with a knee. Niven moved. Well, Kaylee Ray in serious trouble now. Well, that knee might be shattered. The referee telling Piper to back off a little bit. And I think if the roles were reversed, Kaylee Ray would be going for the kill. She might be in serious trouble now. Interesting enough, the referee at this moment in time is checking them. I actually met in December. Really nice guy. We talked about the WNR podcast a little bit as well. So if you're listening, really appreciate that. Drop us a DM. We'd love to have you on the show as well. Well, Niven's upset because she might, she knows this opportunity might be it for her. Uh, this is a horrible situation. Situation. Niven's saying, look, it's not about the wrestling. It's about you being all right. Okay, the way you're not going to take my title. She slaps Niven across the face. <laughs> you talk about a defiant champion. Never responds with all of her own. I think the match will continue. Kaylee Ray's on one leg. And now Niven with a huge rights and lefts. And that was a huge mistake from Kaylee Ray to piss off Piper Niven. One of the best women on the planet. Now grabbing the knee. And the submission in. And this is the best game plan. We might have a new women's champion here. Kaylee Ray desperately reaching for that bottom rope. And gets there. But you're thinking about the pain. You look at Niven as well. Being the face that she is and having the full extent of the referee's count. This is personal. This is about being the best women in NXT UK. And being the only one. Kaylee Ray trying to get some blood back into it. Hits a super kick. Never wasn't expecting that. Kaylee Ray struggling to go up. And Kaylee Ray off the top. Swanton. Right over the legs of Niven. Maybe not a full contact. And you can see Niven powering out of that one. Kaylee Ray trying to get the feeling back in the leg. Going for the strike, but Niven just in a senton, but still can't put the champion away. Well, Kaylee Ray with a slap and a kick to the knee, but Kaylee Ray went down and now Niven just attacking the leg. This is what you got to see. If you want to become champion, you got to be aggressive. Kaylee Ray held on to that turnbuckle, and Piper Niven threw her off. In, and Kaylee Ray with everything she's got trying to kick away at Niven. Or maybe Piper looking for the Piper driver. Kaylee Ray is no way going to hit her finisher. Realising the gory bomb won't work. Falcon arrow by Niven. And that's it. No. Foot on the rope. Kaylee Ray. Talk about veteran experience. Knowing exactly where she was in the ring. Now Niven with the shots. Looking to go up. It's going to take a big risk. With a Vader bomb. Kaylee Ray with the knees up. Maybe not the best idea. You talk about Niven's full weight of that second right onto the knees. Yes it hurt Niven. But the punishment of Kaylee Ray. The knee might have expanded. Taking the knee pad down. She's against that exposed turnbuckle over. Niven comes running in. Went for the cannonball, but the back. Lower back into the turnbuckle. Kaylee Ray into the cover. Tains. The NXT UK Women's Championship. Well, Kaylee Ray got out of that one. Niven made the mistake. Lower back right into the exposed turnbuckle. And Kaylee Ray is still champion. What a match and what a story told there. The toughness is Kaylee Ray as champion. And just that one mistake from Niven. She she concentrated on the knee. She she just got into the centre of the ring. She didn't. And Kaylee Ray knew exactly where she was. It's still your women's championship. An excellent display. And proof that it's great to have NXT UK back as well. Not only are we going to have Volta versus I drug off at some point for the championship. But we've got the this excellent women's division here now. Back with us. And an excellent encounter. And maybe the first of many. Between Niven and Kaylee Ray here. 
And overall, it's great to have the uh, NXT UK back and the BT Studios make it look of poly. All in all, works out really well. So that's it for NXT UK. Katie Ray still your Women's Championship. That is it for WWE at this moment in time. We've got our Clash preview coming up. But first, we're going to focus on AEW after All Out. We start with the September 9th edition. Jurassic Express with Marco Stunt defeating the Lucha Bros with Eddie Kingston. Matt Hardy speaks. Hardy comes out and talks about his instant and All Out. And basically he says that he will be making a recovery. It was a lot of stuff going on about whether he had a concussion or not. Uh, his wife getting involved as well, especially with Tony Khan. Uh, but Matt Hardy says he will make a 100% recovery, so that is some good news. Orange Cassidy defeated Angelico with Jack Evans. Kip Sabin with Best Man Reveal. Unbelievably, it was Rusev, or Miro as he's known now, um, came out and talked about trying to grab a brass ring for 10 years where you can shove the brass ring up your ass. More fire and passion from Rusev we saw there than we had the previous four or five years. What a signing it could be for AEW. We have the inner circle, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager defeating Johnny Janela and Sonny Kiss, one of the highest segments on AEW. Hit a million viewers, unbelievably. And this was one of the matches. John Moxley addressed the AEW fans following the successful title defence at All Out over MGF. We had the FTR's AEW World Tag Team Celebration. Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero. And a match built at All Out was Brody Lee versus Dustin Rhodes for the TNT Championship. And Brody Lee got the victory. The 16th of September, we had FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood with Tully Blanchett defeating Jurassic Express. Luke Source and Jungle Boy with Marco Stunt. Hangman Page defeated Frankie Kazarian in a fantastic effort. MJF Wardlow defeated Sean Dean in a squash. The Inner Circle, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager defeated Private Party, Zero Cassidy and Mark Quinn. They have both said they want to go for tag team gold. Does that make a lot of sense at this moment in time when the tag team division is so stacked? Maybe not, but at least it gives them something to do, I suppose. Thunder Rosa defeated Iverless with Diamante to retain the NWA Women's World Championship. Thunder Rosa has been on a roll. Not only my match of the night AEW All Out, but she had, I think it was four total defences in six days uh, recently. And she's just one of those women at this moment in time we talk about the, the strength of the NXT's division, NXT UK. Thunder Rosa is another one who's stepping out and saying, look, there's a lot of great women in professional wrestling at this moment in time. And then the main event was Best Friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent versus Santana Ortiz in a parking lot fight, which we are just about to watch. So here we go, and um, it's kind of reminiscent of the Lions Den a little bit if uh, with Steve Blackman. Not as in the Lions Den match, but the, the match they had with the outside with the cars. You've kind of got your eight cars surrounding it in a circle. And oh my God, Santana Ortiz showed up looking like at the Warriors. The white face paint, and here we go already. Santana and Ortiz bringing the fight to Chuck Taylor and Trent. That moment, Ortiz with Trent. And Trent picks him up, sends him into the hood of that car, and that's already dented. And Chuck Taylor sends Santana there into the 4x4. He talk about great tag team action and tag teams. This is main event, and of course, this goes back to when Santana and Ortiz desecrated the car of the best friends, and they want to be serious. Trent's mum, Sue, being disrespected. I've got to say, I've been really enjoying AEW at this moment in time as well. Yes, some things um, are a little off, but it's quite entertaining as Trent has got Ortiz under the hood and just crashing down on him four or five times. He's talking about a serious Trent. And what is Chuck Taylor doing now? Getting on top of the car. Oh! And a senton off. And Ortiz is just stuck there. Oh my God, Trent with a senton off the top of the car. And I don't think Ortiz wants any more of that. 
And the best friends might be looking to put all tees away already. And there's kind of wooden boards on the back of that pickup truck. And there's a plywood there they're putting it across. And this does not look good for Ortiz at this moment in time. <laughs> Bit of wood comes back and hits Trent. You've got to be careful. It's so dangerous in this match. And Santana get back to his feet but sent into the hood of the car. Best friends are early going. But Santana now. He's got the baton that was hidden. And straight to Chuck Taylor's midsection. And the back of Trent. And Santana is bleeding. Ortiz back to his feet. Oh, now he's underneath the van. He's got him in a slingshot. Oh, my God. The lid came up on everything. I thought that was going to be secure. And now he's got a sledgehammer as Ortiz threw it at Chuck but went into the windscreen of the car instead. Now Chuck Taylor sending Ortiz into one of the wheelie bins. No, he really was. And Taylor now getting Ortiz on top of that car with a smashed windscreen. Ortiz now going to try a suplex. The back window went out and I think Ortiz went through it. Santana jumped off the other car. Referee took the count but only got a two. Now the bin thrown on Taylor. Trent's back to his feet though somehow. You can see the blood on the back of Ortiz. This is a dangerous, dangerous situation. He's got the door, but Ortiz got the baton. Right to the midsection of Trent. Now Ortiz with a powerbomb. No, Trent managing to reverse. Oh! And Trent with a spear, taking Ortiz through that board. I don't know what Trent was doing there. Looked like he's blading a little bit. Or maybe a little bit of glass was caught. As Taylor gets back to his feet, but taken out again. And Santana with a huge forearms and then sending Taylor head first. But Taylor with a back body drop on top of the bonnet of the car. Now Trent using the car looking for the DDT. But it's blocked. And the top of the snow snowplow looked like. Chuck Taylor though grabbing a steel barrier. Just shows you the toughness, you know. Talk about best friends being treated as a comedy tag team. There is no comedy at the moment. This is blood and guts. As Ortiz now fighting back. And now Taylor's in trouble. No, blocking the suplex. Oh my god. Dent in the steel barrier. And then the back of the wood. Right onto Trent. And now Trent absolutely going for it on Santana. Trent's got a mad look in his eye. Bit of a cut above it. Chuck sent to the side of the car. Ortiz with a low blow. The power bomb him. On top of the car. And Trent just slides off the hood. Huge impact there. Look at the state of the cars. Dented beyond belief with human bodies. Now Santana slapping Ortiz saying, come on. Look, going to send him into the car. Oh, into the windscreen and the back full of glass. Oh my God, that's horrific. That's horrible. That is horrible. Well, not only the powerbomb, but the, the double powerbomb through the windscreen. That's it. Trent's in serious trouble. And Chuck Taylor now has got the baseball bats choking out Santana. Ortiz with a shot, but you can hear the ringing, the baseball bat, and the wood to the back of Ortiz, breaking it two and three times. Oh, but Taylor back chopped onto the bins. And Santana's still talking. Oh, my God, look at the back of Trent. That That is fucked up. <laughs> that is fucked up. That's bad, man. And again, the punishment to the back. I think Trent's saying he don't want any of that. Look at the blood. The blood stains on the concrete. And pr- proud and powerful, sending a message here. And Trent using Ortiz to get up, but it's just knocked right back down again. And Santana's head, uh, Santana puts Chuck Taylor's head against the boot of the car. Lefts and rights and slaps. And Taylor might be knocked out. And JR saying the referee can't stop the fight, it's got to be a pinfall. And Santana gets a lead pipe from under the car. And he's looking to take out Chuck Taylor. Wait a minute, boot opens. 
Orange Cassidy is here. Superman punch with a chain wrapped around his hand. OC's here for his best friends. Well, Santana is out, but Cassidy's not through with him. Gives him to Chuck Taylor. Ortizlo's got Trent. Oh, my God. Chuck Taylor with a pile driver. Trent's got Ortiz. What's he going to do? <laughs> Jumps off. Through the plywood. And gets the victory. Well, my God. What a street fight. That was wicked. I mean, the bumps, the bloods, Cassidy making the appearance, the cards. That was simply incredible. I celebrate you, and it's because they've been putting matches on like this. This is unbelievable stuff. Cassidy with Chuck Taylor and Trent. And, I mean, you want to try and make a comedy team or, you know, comedy aspect of a team more serious. This is how you do it. Over something so simple as Trent's mum's being disrespected leads to a <laughs> brawl just like this. You know, I really enjoyed the uh, Legale da Fantasma and Brizango and Swerve match earlier, but I think this one was just something else. I mean, especially when it's outside, you're not expecting much, and it delivered Trent's back. It's an absolute mess. Cassidy came to help out his best friends, and Sue's there, and Trent gives his mum a kiss even though he's bleeding, and Chuck getting in, and the best friend's there, and Sue's going to go driving off. <laughs> she gives Brian Bavel the finger. Sue is out here. What a way to end AEW. What an episode that was. But not only is AEW Dynamite been really performing, at this moment AEW Dark caught my eye this week. Let's just run through the results quickly. Dark Order's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson defeated Fuga de Sol. Remember Aunt Lewis. Ricky Starks defeated Christopher Daniels. The Butcher and the Blade with Eddie Kingston defeated Calvin Stewart. And Puff, Will Hobbs defeated Serpentico, the Lucha Brothers, Pentico, Ray Phoenix defeated Manx Stardom and Donate Smiley, Dark Orders 5 and 10, Alan Angels and Preston Vance defeated Ryzen and Xander Gold, Joe Janelle and Sonny Kiss defeated Kevin Blackwell and Danny Garcia, The Gun Club, Billy and Austin Gunn defeated Cruz and Mbabo, Serena D making her AW debut defeated Kylin King, since being signed of course, Eddie Kingston in the main event defeated Brian Pillman Jr, but a match that really stood out for me was Ben Carter versus Lee Johnson, and of course Dark is available on YouTube, so you can watch it for free. And both these young men, of course, Lee Johnson and Ben Carter trying to make an impact. So there we go. And Lee Johnson looking ever so confident. A nice takedown to start. But Johnson manages to snuff that out. And Carter. I'll tell you what Carter looks like. Maybe like a young Brian Kendrick. You know, during his spanky days. Maybe a bit more rough around the edges. And Lee Johnson looks like he's wearing Scorpio skies. That's not Scorpio, sorry. Look, he's wearing uh, Scorpions. Let me try that again. It looks like he's wearing two cold Scorpios kit back in ECW. Well, Johnson there, nice, and Carter. Both men trading there. A nip up. Ricky Starks on commentary with Taz watching on. Shaking a hand, bit of respect there. It's always good to see. Nice leapfrog by Carter. Now back over to Johnson. Johnson showing that speed that he's got low as well. Goes for the drop kick, but Carter hangs on to the top rope. Needs a bit of intelligence. No, Johnson is a huge drop kick. Very nice by Carter there. And then slamming Johnson first into the turnbuckle. The thing about Dark as well gives you a chance to maybe shine a little bit. Which is interesting enough, Britt Baker's the man, uh, the woman, so that got Ben Carter. The opportunity in AEW. The Butte boy float through there. And Carter now putting Johnson up on that turnbuckle. Looking for a suplex, but Johnson reversing. Sends Carter down, but Carter with a drop kick. And they got him up, suplex off the top, kept hold. 
But Johnson managing to roll through in a pin attempt. Car gets his shoulder up. And then a double clothesline, double nip up, double pump kick again. <laughs> both men down there. Now both trading strikes. Looks like maybe Carter's got the best of it. Johnson a bit of trouble. Fire from Carter. Comes in with another shot, but now it's Johnson with a combination. Building some fire. Carter with a springboard. Great positioning. Johnson managing to slap Merriam out of it. Blue Thunder bomb. Going for the cover, but no. Carter with a shoulder up. Johnson now getting a little bit frustrated. Now Johnson with the strikes. Backs Carter up. Builds some momentum in. No. Carter sends Johnson onto the turnbuckle. Onto the apron. Now Carter has got an idea. Using the ropes. Moonsault off the second turnbuckle. Misses. Johnson flies over the top. Lee Johnson throwing Carter back in. But Carter's already flying. And he takes Johnson out. And now Carter going up again. Top turnbuckle. Went for the Phoenix splash. But Johnson moves. Picks Carter up. Rolling Death Valley driver. Into the cover. No. Only gets a two. Carter saying come on. And Johnson with a huge kick to the back of the head. No. And again. Carter showing his toughness. Going up. And Carter... Stopping him. And a Spanish fly off the top. Super kick to the face. Carter into the cover. And it still can't put Johnson down. But Carter <laughs> flies all the way up. Frog splash into the cover and gets a victory. What a match there for young Ben Carter. And sometimes while you watch AEW Dark, you see a fantastic effort from these two young men. Uh, a bit of sad news, really, because... Um, Looks like Ben Carter has contracted COVID-19. So at the moment, he's going to have to, of course, isolate. But let's hope he has a future in AEW. And talk about AEW, we finish off Dynamite now. On the 22nd, we had late-night Dynamite. Scorpio Sky defeated Ben Carter. Anna Jay defeated Brandy Rose. And Sean Spears defeated Matt Seidel. And then the 23rd of September... So we started on Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford versus Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Super bad kept the best man out of the action early until he found himself overmatched by Janela and Sonny Kiss. Murrow threw both competitors around with ease. After a bad fall, though, Murrow hurt his ankle, allowing the bad boy to fire back on both heels. However, the best man healed quickly and got back in the fight. He and Sabian injured Janela on the apron. That left the concrete rose to take a sidekick and the game over for the tap out. Of course, the game over is the accolade now. And it was interesting because it did look like he tweaked the knee a little bit on impact. So we'll have to uh, keep an eye on that. But he did look good. There's no doubt that uh, Miro will be a good signing for AEW. Where he's going to go with it at the moment, Kip Sabian has been raised by the association. So it'll be interesting to see down the line. We had Hangman Page versus Evil Uno. Uno told the Dark Order to head to the back only to get slammed off the apron by the Hangman. The momentum turned and Hangman did not let up until he connected with a buckshot lariat. Tony Schiavone then found the Young Bucks backstage. Matt explained that he and Brother Nick had been through so much and felt disrespected. When Tony mentioned FTR, Matt took the interviewer's phone and smashed it, throwing money at him to replace it. We had a TNT Championship Online, Brody Lee versus Orange Cassidy. The exalted one dominated, but freshly screened, ducked the discus lariat, began a furious comeback. Silver accidentally took out 10 at ringside, which gave Cassidy the opening needed without distraction. The orange punch was followed by a series of DDTs, but the TNT champion would not stay down. The exalted one stopped in cold with a discus lariat to take the victory. After the match, Cody made his dramatic return. He ran through the dark order, hitting five with a Cody cutter, and then suddenly his right leg into the steel post. Lee walked out on five as a follower tapped out to the figure four. Let 
leg lock, backstage exalt one challenged Cody to a dog collar match, giving him one week to decide. And Cody's look, I mean, it was a WrestleMania style entrance. He's coming out of all the fireworks and all the fire and Cody's new look as well, kind of a bit more smart and the dyed hair and the commentators are trying to get across his kind of aggressive nature as well. But coming back so soon, is that the right idea? I mean, unless they're building towards something else with Cody, then Brody Lee is just going to be there and moved on. It's a shame Cassidy lost, but I think it was the right result as well. When Matt Hardy walked out to the ring to address the man who attacked him last week, Private Party joined Matt in the ring as a man who will not die, put the blame on Chris Jericho. The inner circle arrived quickly followed by the returning Sammy Guevara to complete the group. The demigod stated that he's not behind what happened to Hardy, but would gladly do some damage in the ring. Instead, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy stepped in. Cassidy wanted more and demanded his fight next week. The demigod explained in an interview backstage that he looked forward to Cassidy's future, but only after he humbled the young star next week. MGS spoke with Jericho and the two agreed that they respected one another. There was a brilliant segment talking about NVF after All Out as well, where both of them came to each other and said, you know, you're the guy, you know, it's a shame that you lost last night, but here's the best. And as they walked off, the split camera, they're both saying, like, what a douche. And it was, it's absolutely brilliant. Up next, FTR Institute, the 20-minute brush with greatness rule. Tully Blanchard took the lead after SDR stepped in the ring. He announced the champions would compete on AEW Dynamite in the coming weeks in a 20-minute time limit contest. Cash Wheeler and Dax Holbrook called it a brush with greatness. The initial challenge would be the first AEW Tag Team Champions, SCU. The best friends arrived to demand their own title shot, but FTR backed off telling Trent and Chuck Taylor to rest up for the big fight with Santana Ortiz before coming back for the champions. We then hear Kurashida in front of the Rose versus IVS and Diamante. Uh, Shida hit the Falcon Hour Diamante, but Ives made a save. Rosa took Ives out of the ring, which allowed AEW Women's Champion to connect with a sliding knee on Diamante to take the win. So you're looking like it's Thunder Rosa and uh, Hikura Shida storyline continuing. But like I said, Thunder Rosa at the moment is difficult. It's going to steal all the thunder if they're not careful in AEW. And then the main event, after we had found out that um, Lance Archer has contacted COVID-19, maybe all right for his rematch at some point, Eddie Kingston got the opportunity who was never eliminated for the Battle Royal All-Out versus John Moxley. Uh, this was a slow start to the main event. Um, Moxley couldn't connect with a power arm shift early, but he managed to turn a close struggle into a pole driver. Kingston's final suplex hit a pair of backdrop drivers. Mox counted Kingston's back fist into a sleep hold that transitioned the bulldog choke for the tap out. After his pedagogue and Phoenix stormed the ring and tried to take up Moxley, but Hobbs and Darby Allen made a save. Ricky Stark stacked Allen from behind. The hill stood tall to end the show. So again, we're seeing another hill team coming together. What happened with Death Triangle? We don't know because of Pack not being around. Um, but... Will Hobbs is kind of next big breakout star, maybe in AEW. We talked so much, and Moxley, so kind of so so end. But I think Dynamite has kind of hit out the park recently, uh, and, and I think it's been better than the majority of stuff that we are seeing in WWE as well. But of course, we'll let the uh, listeners and the viewers decide about that. All right, so we just finished with our Clash preview. And, of course, we're just going to run through the card. We know on the kickoff show, it's Oscar versus Zelina Vega for the Royal Women's Championship. So this kind of shows that Oscar will retain uh, in this one. Let's hope Zelina Vega can put forth a great effort. And I think it'll be very, very interesting. It's all about predictions. I will be dropping my predictions at midnight on Sunday for Clash of Champions. That says, if anybody wants to challenge me, I'm undefeated at this moment in time then by all means DM us uh, for more information. I'm kind of not going to give all my predictions away, but I'll kind of let you know how I'm leaning at this moment in time. Bobby Lashley versus Holly Cruz for the United States Championship. Again, Lashley at the moment, 
And it's only beaten Cruz at the last pay-per-view, so to change it so soon doesn't really make sense, especially when you've got the Hurt business going up against Retribution at this moment in time. Will Retribution get involved in that match? They've not really been involved in pay-per-views that much. It's more been a Raw thing, but maybe T-Bar or Slapjack might get involved to uh, put Hurt in on the Hurt business afterwards. The rematch for all rematches is Street Profits versus Andrade and Anger Gaza. This could be the end of uh, Andrade and Gaza. It's got a pay-per-view to show the kind of descent between the two. Andrade leaving Gaza laying and walking out on him with the Street Profits would make sense. I would be very surprised if the Street Profits weren't champions by the end of the night. Triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. Ladder, Hardy, Stoll, Zane. This has a chance to steal the show. Put it on first and let the three men all go out. Let's hope we don't see anything scary from Jeff Hardy. But it'd be very interesting with Zane and Styles. Can magic, can we make this uh, match of the year candidate? There's definitely potential there. We'll see what happens. Again, talk about splits as well. Lucha House Party. Could we see the challenges of each tag team titles splitting uh, at Clash of Champions, potentially, because that's what you're going to have um, with Kalisto if he gets involved with uh, Dorado and, of course, Grand Metallic. Nakamura and Cesaro are pretty safe for that one. Uh, tag Team Champions that aren't safe, Jackson Baszler. Again, will we see dissension between the champions this one? The Riot Squad, of course, get the victory and, and splitting up uh, the Iconics last month. Is it their time to go forward? This one, I'm about 50-50 at this moment in time and which way they go. Um you know, will we see new champions or will they extend it again for a month? I don't think it would be too bad if they did. Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Of course, they're building up Bailey as the next uh, as the next main woman on the roster. Nikki Cross has the potential to win the title in this one, but I still think you leave it on Bailey and you build towards the Sasha Banks match. Hopefully, maybe at Survivor Series or maybe in Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. What are we going to see in this one? I think Jay will push Reigns to the limit. Will Jimmy get involved? What will be the reaction after this matchup? And will Reigns have to do anything, uh, you know, underhanded to actually come through? I think the build-up to this has been one of the best ones uh, because, of course, you've got the family and the storyline behind. In the main event, will Drew finally make main event a pay-per-view as W champion? We've not seen it yet, uh, but McIntyre versus Orton for the ambulance. A lot of people are saying this is Orton winning the title. This is Orton's chance now because it protects McIntyre. There's a little thing in the back of my mind that just says that the fact that it's an ambulance match in gimmicks, we don't normally see the total change hands in these type of matches. So I might be slightly favouring McIntyre at this moment in time, uh, but we shall see what happens. Of course, we will bring you Clash of Champions uh, coming up, hopefully on Wednesday. If not, we'll drop it. Uh, next weekend and then of course we'll have NXT TakeOver as well a review for that hopefully joined by some very special guests uh, one thing we do know coming up in October is Unimatrix Gaming will be joining us again and we will be playing um, some of the best wrestling games in history and of course at the end of the month as well uh, we've been speaking with Select Match Pod and we're hoping to have a Hell in a Cell uh, review show and of course a Halloween special as well but we'll keep it Everybody tuned into that. We'd just like to thank everybody who was listening to our show with Francis Wright. We're hoping to have some more guests on in that vein. We'll keep you posted on that as well. But before we go, we've got some sad news. And this is from WWE. WWE saddened to learn. John, or WWE saddened to learn that Joe Leonidas, known to WWE fans as Road War Animal, has passed away at the age of 60. One of the most intense superstars to ever step in a squared circle. The six foot two, three hundred pound animal spent most of his career alongside his tag team partner Hawk. Together they formed that was arguably most successful, popular and feared 
team of all time, the Road Warriors. With their intimidating face paint, outfits covered in metal spikes and impressive ray of power moves, the duo captured and destroyed opponents wherever they roamed. The dominance made them so popular that the phrase pop has been used in locker rooms to describe particular deafening reactions from the crowd ever since. Joining forces with legendary man of pressure, Paul Ellerin, the team formed in Georgia Championship Wrestling in 1983. For the decade out, the Road Warriors had run roughshed over competition in both the National Wrestling Alliance and the American Wrestling Association, achieving a rare feat of claiming both organisations' tag team titles. The Road Warriors gained prominence as the top rivals to the four horsemen in NWA. In Jim Crockett promotion, seen with Dusty Rose and Nikita Cole lost to fellow the horsemen in the first War Games match in Independence Day in 1987. Road Warriors thrived in multiple since with WWE were known as the Legion of Doom. The team won the World Tag Team titles twice, defeated the Nasty Boys in 91 and the Goodwins in 97. After Hawks passed in 2003, Animal Capital captured the W Tag Team title for a third and final time in 2005, teaming with Hyde and Wright to defeat Eminem, Richard Animal dedicated to his late partner. Road Warriors collective Animal Hawk and Eminem were enshrined in the Hall of Fame in 2011. Animal wasn't the only to... Um, fame and athletics, his brother John and Marcus both enjoyed careers in the ring, competing as Johnny Ace and the Terminator, respectively, with John eventually becoming a W producer. Animal's son, James Willow has played eight seasons in the NFL for retiring in 2017. W extends condolences to Willow fans, families and fans. And uh, this was a big one at 60 as well. One of the uh, no age to go at all. And the Road Warriors, a legendary tag team. And uh, it is, like I said, 2020 just gets worse and worse. But like I said, our next episode will be Clash of Champions 2020. Our follow of the week this week is But Hamid at But Hamid 1. And that is it. Don't forget, we're across all the social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, the WNR Podcast. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail.com. YouTube. WNR Podcast for all the latest clips and podcasts got at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also Stitcher and iTunes where you can download, subscribe and review there. Like I said, next episode is Clash of Champions 2020. But until then, I have been James Rowlands. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye.